Hello, and welcome to the Truth Seekers Podcast. A truth seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true, and they won't rest until they find it. I am a truth seeker, and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. If you've been following along, then you know that we have been learning about the divided kingdom of Israel. The nation of Israel was God's chosen people. The nation of Israel was a fulfillment of the promise God made to Abraham so many years ago. When God came to Abraham, he promised him that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. God had kept his word to Abraham and delivered his descendants from slavery in Egypt and brought them through the Red Sea to the promised land that they now lived in. Why Israel? Why did God choose Israel out of all the nations of the earth to be his chosen people? Well, it was an act of grace. Israel was chosen not because they had done anything to deserve it, but because God loved them. In fact, God chose them not because he loved them more than any other nation, but because he loves all nations and all people groups. And he wanted Israel to be the people who would tell the rest of the world about how much he loved them. Remember, God had a plan from the beginning of time. He knew the nations of the world would fall into sin. He knew they would need a savior. And so Israel was not only to be an example of God's love, but this savior of the world would come from Israel. He would be an Israelite. Sadly, as time went by, the kings of Israel forgot this. They forgot that they were a chosen people, a royal priesthood set apart and holy unto the Lord. In fact, the new king of the northern kingdom of Israel, Jeroboam, he forgot this too. God had come to Jeroboam before he became king and said to him, If you do whatever I command you and walk in my ways and do what is right in my eyes by keeping my statutes and my commands as David my servant did, then I will be with you. I will build you a dynasty as enduring as the one I built for David, and I will give Israel to you. Did you notice one very important word God spoke to Jeroboam? You might have missed it because it's so small. In fact, it only has two letters in it. It's the word if. Can you say if? God told Jeroboam, if you do what I command, if you walk in my ways, if you do what is right, if you keep my laws. If may look like a small word, but it is actually a very big word. When God said if to Jeroboam, he was giving him a choice. He was saying to Jeroboam, if you choose to follow me, if you choose to obey me and walk in my ways. You see, God has given all of us a choice. You have a choice when you hear God's word. You can choose to believe it or reject it. God was letting Jeroboam know that if he chose to obey and follow God with his whole heart, 
then God would be with him and help him to be a good king. The choice was set before Jeroboam. What would he choose? Well, let's continue our story to find out. When Jeroboam became king over the northern kingdom of Israel, he began to do what kings do. He chose his capital city, the place from where he would reign as king. He chose the city of Shechem. Can you say Shechem? Shechem would be the capital city where Jeroboam would live and rule. Shechem was in the hill country of Ephraim, and it was in the center of the ten tribes he ruled, so he decided this would be a good place to make his capital city. Now remember, David had made the capital city of Israel in Jerusalem, but that was before the kingdom was divided in two. Now there would be two capital cities. Shechem in the north and Jerusalem would stay the capital city in the south under Rehoboam's reign. Now Jeroboam suddenly realized he had a big problem on his hands. The temple was in Jerusalem, the great and mighty temple that King Solomon had built unto the Lord. The temple was where the presence of God dwelt behind the curtain in the most holy place. The temple was where the Israelites would travel every year to offer sacrifices for their sins. The temple was where God had established the sacrificial system where the priests would offer the animals as sacrifices on behalf of the sins of the people. Jeroboam thought, oh no, since the temple is in the southern kingdom, all of the Israelites who live in the northern kingdom will still travel down to the capital city of Jerusalem to worship at the temple and offer sacrifices there. What if they go to the temple in Jerusalem and decide to stay there and make Rehoboam their king instead of me? They might want to get rid of me or even kill me and make Rehoboam their king. Now, true seekers, let's stop here for just a minute. Let's freeze this moment in time and take a close look at what is happening. Jeroboam is imagining something bad happening that hasn't even happened yet. He is allowing his mind to think about something that might happen and it is causing him to fear. Have you ever done this? Have you ever been tempted to think about or dwell on something that might happen to you in the future and it caused you fear? Can I tell you something? Whenever this happens, you can be sure that the devil is behind it. You might not see him, but oh, this stinks of him. Whenever we allow our minds to wander to the future and imagine all kinds of horrible things happening, of course it causes fear. Satan loves to put pictures in our minds of bad things that might happen, even though he knows those things aren't real. He loves to cause fear in our hearts because he knows when we focus on bad things that might happen, it keeps our minds off of the truth of who God is, that he loves us, that he's taking care of us. It keeps us from putting our trust in God. Well, Jeroboam fell into Satan's trap. He began imagining what might happen if the people traveled to Jerusalem to worship God. He never stopped to pray about it or asked God what he should do. He never bowed down and asked God for wisdom to know how to handle this situation. 
The Bible says that Jeroboam asked for advice, but he did not ask for advice from God because if he had, he would have not made the decision that came next. Jeroboam made a decision that was one of the worst decisions he could have made. Jeroboam took some of the gold he had and melted it down and out of the gold he made two golden statues in the shape of calves. Now, what does this remind you of? Can you think of a story we read a while back with a golden calf in it? Do you remember when Moses was up on the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments and the Israelites were in the desert waiting on him to come down from the mountain? He was taking so long they thought something might have happened to him. So they decided to make their own God. And what did they make? They made a golden calf and they began to worship it. The Israelites made a golden calf to worship because they had seen the Egyptians worshiping calves when they were slaves in Egypt. I wonder if Jeroboam had seen golden calves in Solomon's palace when he worked for him. Maybe some of the idols that Solomon's wives had brought with them were golden calves. Once Jeroboam made the two golden calves, He placed one of the golden calves in a city called Bethel and another of the golden calves in a city called Dan. Both of these cities were within the northern kingdom where he reigned. So he said to the people, it is too much for you to go all the way to Jerusalem. You don't need to travel there to worship God. Here are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. Wait a minute, did he just say these golden calves were the ones who delivered the Israelites out of Egypt? Did he just say these idols were the ones who rescued Israel from her slavery? Oh dear truth seekers, it was Yahweh, the one true and living God, who had brought the Israelites up out of Egypt and delivered them from slavery. And not only did Jeroboam build the golden calves, he had temples built where the golden calves would be placed. He also chose men to be priests at these temples, all kinds of men, men who were not Levites. Remember, God had commanded that only men from the tribe of Levi, men that had been dedicated unto him, were to be priests. They were to be the ones who would offer the holy sacrifices unto the Lord. Jeroboam completely disregarded the law of the Lord and disregarded the Levites. Finally, Jeroboam chose a day, the 15th day of the eighth month, a random day he chose, and he instituted a festival. This was to be the day the Israelites in the northern kingdom were to come to Bethel or Dan to offer their sacrifices to the golden statues. On this day, he offered sacrifices on the altar to the golden calves he had made at the temple in Bethel as an example to all the people. He also placed the priests at the temples. In doing so, Jeroboam was trying to copy the worship that was taking place at the temple in Jerusalem. Can you imagine? Can you just imagine? 
It would be like going to church on Sunday only to find that instead of worshiping the one true and living God, there in front of you on the stage would be a large golden idol. The songs would be sung to the golden idol instead of to Jesus, and all of the worship would be focused on the idol instead of Jesus. Does that break your heart at the thought of it? I can only imagine God's heart breaking as he watched Jeroboam. Jeroboam did not remember the first commandment that said, You shall have no other gods before me. He also forgot the second commandment that said, You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on earth below or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. Remember, God had said to Jeroboam, If, if you walk in my ways, if you follow my commands, I will be with you. It looks as though Jeroboam chose the opposite way. He chose not to follow God's commands. There were many godly men and women, especially those of the tribe of Levi, whom God had set apart as priests unto him, who saw what was happening, who saw the idolatry, and they were horrified. The godly priests and Levites who had been living in the ten tribes in the north abandoned their pasture lands and their property, and they moved to Judah, to the southern kingdom, under King Rehoboam, because Jeroboam and his sons had rejected them as priests unto the Lord. The men and women who had set their hearts on seeking Yahweh, the one true and living God, followed the Levites to Jerusalem. They also left the northern tribe. They left their homes and their land. They moved to the southern kingdom to worship Yahweh. They knew what Jeroboam had done was wrong. And so this added to the numbers of people living in Judah under King Rehoboam, son of Solomon. But sadly, there were still many of the Israelites who stayed, and they worshipped at the temples built in Dan and Bethel to the golden calves, and this became a great sin in the northern tribe under King Jeroboam. All of the godly men and women left, and so the northern kingdom became a kingdom who no longer sought after God or followed him. One day, as Jeroboam was worshipping before the golden calf which he had set up at Bethel, he heard someone shouting. He turned to see who would dare to interrupt him. Looking around, he saw a man dressed in the clothes of a prophet of God. This man had come all the way from Judah in the south to Bethel in the north where Jeroboam had set up his idols. He was a man of God, come with a message to Jeroboam from the Lord. He cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A son named Josiah will be born to the house of David. He will tear down the idols you have built. He will bring judgment upon this place. Well, Jeroboam was annoyed and angry. This man must be crazy. How could he know the name of someone who hadn't even been born yet? But truth seekers, this man of God had been given a word by God, and God never breaks his word. Sure enough, 300 years would go by, and a king by the name of Josiah would be born, and that king would come back to this place and break down the very altars that Jeroboam had built. 
God was giving Jeroboam a warning, but Jeroboam would not listen. The man of God gave a sign to Jeroboam to show him that he really was speaking from God. He said, this is the sign which the Lord has declared. This altar will be split apart and the ashes on it will be poured out. When King Jeroboam heard what the man of God cried out against the altar, he stretched out his hand and said, seize him. But the hand that King Jeroboam stretched out toward the man suddenly shriveled up before his very eyes so that he could not pull it back. And then, just as the man of God had said, the altar was split apart and its ashes poured out according to the sign given by the man of God by the word of the Lord. Then Jeroboam in fear said to the man of God, Please intercede with the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored. Did you hear that? Jeroboam said, Pray to the Lord your God. Jeroboam was not ready to make God his God. He just wanted his hand restored. Nonetheless, the man of God did intercede and prayed to the Lord. And in his great mercy, the Lord heard, and King Jeroboam's hand was restored and became as it was before. Here was his moment, true seekers. Here was Jeroboam's last chance to repent, to turn from his wicked ways, to seek God's face and to ask for forgiveness. Would he take it? God had sent this man to give him one last chance because God is so gracious and merciful like that. Sadly, though, Jeroboam did not repent. Instead, he continued to lead Israel deeper into sin. The Bible says, after this thing, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way. Dear truth seekers, what truth can we find from today's story? There was a lot that went wrong from today's story, but there were some things that went right too. First of all, Jeroboam allowed his thoughts to go wild. He did not bring his thoughts under the authority of God and his word. Instead of keeping his mind stayed on God and the promises that God had given to him, Jeroboam imagined what might go wrong. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 10.5 that we are to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus. Did you know you could do this? You don't have to believe every thought that comes inside your head. Sometimes the enemy will try to get you to think and believe lies. But how do we know what is a lie and what is the truth? How can we tell the difference? King Jeroboam had built temples that looked similar to the temple of God in Jerusalem. King Jeroboam had placed priests in those temples that looked similar to the priests in God's temple. Jeroboam had the priests sacrifice animals just like the animals were sacrificed at God's temple. It looked the same. All of these things looked like truth. But just because they looked like the real thing didn't mean that they were the real thing. Those big golden calves inside the temple were flat out false. They were lies. The only way the Israelites were going to know the difference between the truth from the lies was by going back to what God had said to them. God only speaks truth. 
He is truth. His words are truth. So those who know the words of God know the truth. Those who spend time with God, listening to him and studying his words, have the truth. The Israelites who knew the words of God knew that it was wrong to build and worship idols. Truth seekers, the only way we are going to be able to tell the truth from the lies of the enemy is by reading God's word, studying it and memorizing it and keeping it hidden in our hearts. The more you know what God says in the Bible, the more you will be able to tell when there is a lie in front of you or when a lie comes into your head or when someone else tries to tell you something that is not true. That is why we are called truth seekers. God wants us to know the truth, to find the truth in his word, to live the truth and to share the truth with others. Satan will always try to disguise his lies as the truth. He is very tricky. And that's why we have to be smarter than he is. Knowing what God has said in his word is a sure way to outsmart him. If you'd like to read today's story in your Bible, you can find it in 1 Kings chapter 12, verses 25 through 22, and chapter 13, verses 1 through 6. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, we choose to make you Lord of our lives. We will worship you and no other. Help us to be aware of any idols we may have set up in our hearts and help us to keep you as the most important in our lives. Remove the idols that we might have placed as more important than you and help us to take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to you and your word. When we are tempted to think a lie, help us to recognize it as a lie and then replace it with truth. Holy Spirit, fill us with truth from your word. Renew our minds every day that our thoughts might be pleasing unto you. For we know that when we think right thoughts, we make right choices. We love you and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to take a minute and say thank you again for those of you who have been leaving reviews for the podcast in iTunes. Uh, one reviewer says, thank you for sharing this podcast with us all. We have enjoyed it thoroughly after a dear friend shared it with us. I so desire to share the word and its truths with my children, and this is a fun way to do that. Thank you for that review. Uh, Amber Ryan says, our family listens to the Truth Seekers podcast as a supplement to our homeschool Bible curriculum. We've all learned so much. It's become our tradition that before we listen, I say, who wants to be a truth seeker? And all three kids scream, me. Thank you for making learning about the Bible so much fun. I love hearing that. Thank you so much. Thank you to this reviewer who says, we are in the beginning stages of COVID-19 in the U.S. We have had the podcast downloaded for some time, but now with social distancing, our rhythm has changed and we are coming back to what is important. Thank you for these truths for all our hearts that are learning to be quiet. So good. And I love this review that says, my sweet 10-year-old prayed the sinner's prayer with you on Easter Sunday. He said he loves Jesus, but had never prayed this, so he wanted to do it with you. Thank you for teaching the word to our children. You have no idea how much that blesses my heart, and I just give thanks and all the praise to Jesus. Thank you all so much for listening. I also want to remind my Patreon supporters that there are resources now uploaded for this specific episode, which I've also included a map to help the kids see 
the areas of the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom and the capital of Shechem and the capital of Jerusalem, among other resources. I've also lowered the monthly access fee to $2 a month. Um, I just want to make these resources as accessible as possible for those who are wanting to go deeper and wanting more Bible study materials for your children. These can be printed out, hole punched, and kept in a notebook that will make a nice reference or study tool. So thank you again for listening today, and I look forward to our time together next week.